Welcome to Diving Into Writing with me, Lucinda Pebre and Marielle Smith. Join us as we dive beyond the surface of our writing practice. Hi, Marielle. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I am good. I'm, I just want to apologize in advance if anyone hears any background noises. Some of my cats are in the mood and they're running around the living room. And I'm in the living room because my office is once again occupied by a sick colony cat. Kitten. They just want to be on the recording. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm looking at them like they're in the periphery of my vision. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Let's ju- I'm just going to try and focus. Yeah, I've never seen them like this before. <laughs> You're going to get attacked. <laughs> They're all going to swarm all over you. Uh, is this is this is this where they're going to eat me alive? Well, I was thinking they'd probably uh, knock everything off your desk and want cuddles more like, but yeah, they, that sounds more like my cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, demand cuddles now. Yeah, that is definitely. I mean, when when Fleur started it, and when she's behaving like this, it generally is. It generally is a cry for food. I didn't check the food bowls, so mm-hmm. might be that. Might be that. Um, but they'll eventually calm down, and or, or she is just like it's been too long since I had your attentions, which she was literally glued, like glued to me uh, during the during the night. So I do think she's had enough cuddles. But yeah, that's me. That's my opinion. That's clearly not her opinion. Her opinion can be different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good now. Now I was ill at the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a strange, random migraine. But (laughs) just (laughs) it might have been a bug. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's a difference. I I actually don't know. Maybe some bugs do feel like migraines. I don't know actually. Yeah, it's only because I've never had a migraine before. I'm kind of like, and I'd been in some scabby houses the week before. I mean, some, I mean, a sink full of vomit in one house. It wasn't nice. Hmm. Yeah. Well, as long as you're feeling better now. <laughs> yes, I'm good now. Good. Yeah, I'm on the last days of my period, so I'm still going through the motions, but uh, it's looking up. You get in there. Yeah. Guys, would you knock it off? <sighs> so today we're talking about role models and specifically what kind of role model are we, and not just you and I, but in generally speaking, what kind of role model would we like to be for others? Yeah. It's an interesting one, this. I I think so, yeah. I mean, I know I brought it up as a topic and that is because this question is a question I ask a lot of my clients and it's also come up in some of the Akashic Records readings I've been doing with creative people. So, what way? Hmm? In what way? As a question that they have to figure out for themselves. Okay. Because when I think of this, so most of my clients and and most of the people I I do readings with, so most of the people I coach are women, right? That's just the vast majority is women. And women are, and I think that is changing to a certain extent, but especially women with children, they can really feel guilty when they are pursuing something for themselves that have nothing to do with their children. And I think this is just due to us having, not that long ago, 
Like it was before my lifetime, but on the grandest scale, it's not that long ago that when women got married, they had to leave their jobs, which means the only job that you're allowed to have is that of mother, right? And even though there has women working, now it's almost if you're not working as a woman, as a mother, why people look at you like, that's just strange. Like, don't you have dreams of your own? But even though we ha- we are there now, a lot of people still feel that guilt of, I should be home with my children, or even when you have time off, I should be doing for my children. And so I speak, I speak, I have spoken with quite a few writers and also some other people who are in other creative, who have do other crafts, who deal with that. Like they have, they really struggle setting boundaries um, towards their children when it comes to their creative time. So yeah, I thought it would be a good topic. And like I said, this this has also come up in Akashic Records with some of these people um, who were struggling with, okay, this is what I want to do. But what I often find is that I set this time apart, but then my spouse keeps interrupting, or you know, I take care of my mother, my mother keeps interrupting, or uh, my children keep interrupting. They keep knocking on the door. They need something from me. So we talk. We so I do. I do talk a, a lot um, about this with with people I coach. Uh, so yeah, I thought let's let's bring it up and 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 see what comes up if, when we talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, it, it, it's an ingenious way of getting women to look at what they do and how they are in terms of the relationships as well. Yeah, because like we, both of us, we do not have children. But that doesn't mean that we do not have the same issues. Because just because we're not mothers doesn't mean we're not caretakers or we take on responsibility for certain, like in my case, (laughs) all the bloody cats. Uh, For example, you have your dogs, you have your dad. Yeah, and I'm a role model for my dogs. I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm not joking. That's part of um, being a doggy parent. Yeah, because... They they also copy. Mm, they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder whether it's the same extent with cats who tend to be a bit more independent. Um, but it is true that if I have a really full day and I am stressed, that definitely affects how my cats are behaving in the house. Um, There's your answer as to what's up with them today, then. <laughs> I do have a really crazy day ahead of me and and also I'm doing something terribly nerve-wracking tonight. So that might be what they're responding to. Can um, you tell us? Yes, I mean it's I mean it's going to happen so people are going to miss it because this episode doesn't come out until next week. But I'm doing well we did it already on the podcast uh, I did I, I read your Akashic Records reading and then shared it shared my results with you on the podcast so tonight I'm doing it live so this afternoon I'm going into I'm doing this with Sheena Kandi who is an author of um, witchy literature and witchy nonfiction. and so this afternoon I'm going into her records and then tonight in her Facebook group we're going live to talk about it Brilliant. So the life aspect that has me quite nervous. So yeah, they might have picked up on that already. But that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to just trust that whatever needs to be said will be said. But the whole life aspect, because I remember when we did the recording, and I mean, in the end, we just you just posted the whole recording. But it was it was safe for me. It was very much still in my. It was outside of my comfort zone because you were recording. But at the same time, it was in inside my comfort zone because I knew if if something went were to go wrong, we would yeah. just not have published the podcast. Like we didn't make any promises to people. Um, 
Yeah. I sincerely hope nobody hears the cement truck that is reversing right in front of my house. Well, Luca can't hear it, so I'm guessing. Okay, Luca can't hear the car. Then we're good to go. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so I, I am I'm nervous about that. I do think for those who are interested, um, I, I think the video is going to stay up. On, so I can add the link to the show notes because I, I'm, I'm thinking the video is going to stay up um, on, on Sheena's page. So I can add the link and then people can still watch it, even though yeah. the live event has passed. Yeah. No matter how it goes. Well, yeah, this is where the trust comes in. And I was going to work on trust in, in, on this, in this year. So I think this is why we're doing it, yeah. That's that's the type of role model you want to be. I think so. I, th I think that, to be honest, I didn't think about this before, but I have some things I want to be, I, I want to be, become better at in 2024. And I think that is definitely, definitely part of how I want to be in the world and what I want to be remembered remembered by when i you know eventually come to pass yeah so yeah so let's start with because i was thinking often when this question is asked so i think i initially came across this question when i was listening to uh, elizabeth gilbert so she wrote eat pray love and um a uh, big magic uh, which is her book on creativity she had for a little while she had this podcast called magic lessons and in one of these episodes, she was talking to a woman um, who's a mother and she had the time. She, she literally had the time to create because both her kids were school going, but she actually really struggled doing any work while the kids were gone because she felt as a mother even when the kids weren't around, whatever she was doing should be for her kids. Yeah. So cleaning up their rooms, doing laundry, making lunch. Like, so she felt like she couldn't step outside of the role. And one of the tips that Elizabeth Gilbert gave her indeed was to think about the example she's setting for her own children. Yeah, which is just, it's ingenious. And that is exactly the woman was like, oh, like that was for her was like, because she didn't want um, her own daughter to be acting like she was right now when the girl grew up. Yeah. She didn't want that for her daughter. So what you don't want for your daughter is what you should not be doing right now. Yeah. yeah. So that is, but so what I, when, when we discuss this question, when I hear other people talk about this question, this is often how it's framed, right? We look at, okay, what, who am I doing this for? And what do I want them to pick up from that, right? Or what kind of life do I want my children to be, lead, to be leading when they grow up? Like if, if one of those is, is you wish for them to pursue whatever they want to pursue, that means that you need to pursue whatever you want to pursue because you need to prove to them that they have the right to do that. But I was thinking part of that, like when you do that little exercise, like that sort of thinking exercise, I was wondering whether it would also be good to think about who your, your own role models are right now why they are your role models and what they are doing that makes them your role models. And, and I was just wondering what we could learn from that. So instead of just looking into the future and being like, okay, I don't want, this is sort of the, this is what I want to show to people as an example, right? This is the example that I want to show to people that they can then use as a sort of a blueprint for their own life. What would happen if we look a little bit into the past and see, okay, who are my role models while I grew up? Who are my role models now? And what what part of their behavior can I incorporate into my own life? Yeah. I think it's really, you know, taking a step back and thinking about this is really useful. 
yes. because it gives you it's 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 that bigger picture of the little things that you do in your life add up to becoming that person that you want to be yes and it is the little things i think it's not just the giant leaps that you take right it can be the little things but you've got to have an eye on that goal so the decisions that you make become a little bit easier if you've got an eye on that bigger picture yeah and again it's that self-awareness because like the, the the woman who uh, Elizabeth Gilbert was speaking to, she was doing this behavior because that is kind of how women grow up to be. That yeah. is that that's the role, that's the example that we see around us, right? I think that is actually because I have nothing against children, right? I don't even not oh, like okay. children, but. Um, I kind of saw that happen around me that all these women are so caught up and then struggle to do what they came to do here in this world. Although for some women that is becoming a mother and that's completely fine, right? Some are here and their purpose is around the child they gave birth to. That is completely fine. But for a lot of us, that is not the case. So I think very early on, I realized that. So I made that decision, like, I'm not doing that because you see how I care about cats and how much I give up for the cats. So if I had a child, how much space would there still be for my career and, and the dreams that I have? Oh, yeah, I'm completely the same. I was sort of, I think I knew from a very young age on that I would the chances of me ending up resenting my children and the person who got me pregnant, the, the chances of that were so high that I'd rather not do it. Yeah. Because I, I think I looked around me and was like, I don't think I know how to set boundaries around that. Or I, 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 maybe I just thought, because when I, I make, I think I first realized I didn't want to have children when I was 16, 17. Yeah, I think I was younger, but only because my mother was in that situation where she resented having children and having children so young. So she communicated that. <laughs> she said, <laughs> You do have a choice. You don't have to have children. And that, you know, society tells you the opposite. Yeah. But but that was quite powerful. And neither me nor my sister have children because we really thought about, is this what we want? Rather than this is just a stage of life that you go through, which a lot of, not just women, men as well, yeah. think or believe they just go on and do it but yes like you've just said the way that I care for my dogs <laughs> it's it there's no easy middle ground yeah their needs are everything and this is the thing like I when I was with my ex a lot of um his family members whenever they had a new child in the family, for some really, I always thought of weird, right? But I am really good at calming newborns down, right? So when you're in a busy place, just hand the baby to me, right? Yeah. So every time I was found somewhere, like on some family gathering and I was holding someone's newborn, there would always be at least one person off the multiple coming to me and say, motherhood looks so good on you yeah yeah and i'm like i'm not denying motherhood i'm like look look at my look at my cats uh right um I'm, I'm, i've never said that i don't have any maternal feelings i just yeah. saw what that could do to me in society and how hard it would be to fight yeah that to um, 
of course, I could have had children and then fought really hard to set the boundaries that I am now teaching other women who are mothers to set around their creativity, right? Yeah. I, I just, I think for me, it was like, let's, let me do it the easy, like I, I would love to do it the easy way. And of course, there are multiple reasons. I also don't really see why I would have to put a newborn in this world when there are so many children who are looking for home stuff like that so it's more it's not just that right like I have a I have so many reasons why I didn't want to have children this is just part of it but like it's clear to me that I was not never gonna escape my maternal feelings because I mean um yeah cats just show up in my life all the time and they need help so I'm like okay so I do have a channel for that and it is true it's hard to set boundaries around that So role models. Yeah, I was just do you have any role models as you grow up? Yes. Bring it. But the, the problem is, oh not the problem, but a lot of the, my role models were people I knew, so people I encountered. Why is that a problem? Well, it's it's not a problem. It's just if I could say famous people, oh, yeah. I'd relate to who they were. Well, you'd still have to explain to me why this person. So you could also tell this about your granny or your neighbour or your school teacher. Well, bizarrely, my mum was a role model in certain aspects, not in her entirety, because she definitely struggled with some some aspects of life. But she, she was a big role model in terms of integrity, you know, having integrity and doing what you say you, you're going to do. So I really don't like letting people down, you know, to, to the extent of my own detriment. Mm-hmm. For instance... I was ill on Saturday, but my friend's car's in the garage. So I still got up and went for a six-mile run with her and picked her up and took them out, uh, took her out because I, I wouldn't want to let her down. So is is that is is that a behaviour you picked up from your mother? Almost yeah. like because this is, sounds very detrimental to the self. Yeah, but but it's that it's the yes, I suppose it does. Yes, on one one on one hand it does, but when you're talking about role models and the qualities that you want in yourself, being reliable and mm. being there for people and not letting people down, I suppose. Taking it to the extreme. <laughs> so is, that. is that extremeness? Was that your audition or did you see that also in your mother? No, I saw that in my mother. Okay. Yeah, I saw that in my mother. But, yeah, so I suppose anything taken to the extreme is bad. Oh, obviously. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being totally truthful is potentially bad because <laughs> you could, you know, do harm to people if you don't think about what you're saying. Uh, I I think so. I have a, a bit of a... I've recently started, and this is what I'm doing with my own therapist, is distinguishing, because I believe that speaking your truth right that is that is always for the highest good but indeed she is helping me differentiate between like before you actually speak it you have to think you have to think about okay is this really my truth uh is this the right time to speak it and who do i speak it to that's kind of like the filter yeah so, yeah, so I, I agree with you that sometimes, you know, speaking the truth can be harmful, but I think that has more to do with who you are speaking it to and whether you're speaking it at the wrong time than the yeah. quality of the truth. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It does. Completely different. I know I had role models, but I can't think. I can't, but you know, because I wasn't conscious at that time of mm. them being role models. I can't really think of the detail. Yeah, like as I, I have some teachers show up, but I cannot remember what it was about them that made me look up to them. Yeah. Because I realize now that I knew nothing about their life. So I cannot say I admire this teacher because she did this. But I can say I'm having one teacher in mind who was actually never my teacher. She just taught at our school. Yeah. And she just left this tremendous impression on me. And I think when I look, when I think of her now, it's that she's as incredibly kind. I know nothing about her life. I don't know if she was married, like whether she had children. I only knew, know that she she's the first person I ever knew who died of cancer. Um, and my mom did not allow me to come to the funeral. Uh, that's that's what I remember because I was, I must have been six or seven, maybe eight when she passed. But the impression she left is that so she was never my teacher, but she would always listen to you and she always was interested in what you had to say. So the sort of the attentiveness. So I was just literally thinking like, what is it about her life that I admire? Like, oh, it was nothing about her life. It was how she made me feel. Yeah. And she made me feel seen and heard and that I mattered. That's lovely. That's a lovely quality in a teacher. Yeah, but I think that teachers can make or break you. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to have one or more teachers who, I know a lot of people who have, were discouraged from doing certain things and they're still working through their trauma and sort of reclaiming that. Yeah. But I also know so many people who are like, I had this one teacher and it, and it, it and for the teachers, like this moment in time, they say one thing to a kid. But when the kid grows up and has followed their passions and stuff, they go back and they said, well, you know, I have this one teacher and he or she or they once said this to me and that changed everything. And I'm like, you have so much power. Um. As a teacher, yeah. So I think it doesn't necessarily have to be about what they do. It's more, it, it can be about how they made you feel. Uh, yes. I mean, that's why that was what triggered me for writing. But I can't remember the details of the teacher at all. Just that they thought that I had a talent. And it was a piece of writing that I did at school and it was at primary school, so I would have been very young. Hmm. And it wasn't something that I continued throughout school. It was just a seed that was planted at that stage that told that that kind of, I, I always believed that I would write <laughs> because of that. It's funny how that, because that's like you allow that seed to grow for quite a long time and you still have that trust, like it's going to happen. Yeah, it was a knowing. And yeah. that's, I think that's where it came from. Love that. So do you have any current role models before we dig into my... I have my ones. I have this uh, Susan Garrett... And and I say they're doggy ones, but that it goes beyond dog training or living with dogs. It goes beyond that. It's like so. Susan Garrett, she's so kind of passionate about finding the joy in things, mm -hmm. um, and the joy in your relationship with your dogs and overcoming any sort of obstacle so never giving up always searching for the way the solution or the way through or the way to make it better and she came from 
a background where at school she was like labeled like ADHD and unteachable and and you know she kind of had to overcome all of that and yet she did yeah and she's uh, doing what she loves and she's very incredibly successful in dog agility so you know won all sorts of awards with her dogs and but it's all about a relationship with her dogs and then there's kathy Kowalik, who is quite a spiritual person um and she brings that into relationship with her dogs so what is it can you can you be specific about what it is that you admire about them or what makes them what what makes you go i want to be a little bit more like that it's it's that positive attitude like nothing would bring them down nothing would get in the way of them doing what they want to do but at the same time there's so much compassion so um, so they wouldn't just you know in terms of training or entering competitions with dogs they wouldn't just put a dog in a situation that is going to be difficult for them it's always thinking about what's best for the welfare of the dog and what's mm. best for your relationship with that dog it's not about achieving the goal achieving the end it's about the process and it's yeah. it's about you being willing to open yourself up and to examine your own motivations and blockages you know recognizing that a lot of it comes from inside rather than it's the dog that's the problem that growth wanting to grow mm -hmm. being willing to grow as a person and to give to the world I suppose and in your relationships with others so this is yeah. so this this is when you said it so because we've talked about these two people before and what you're getting from them and you've said it before and you just said it now as well like it goes beyond the, the dog world yeah when you said when you say um that sort of you give it gi giving like you know giving to the world or giving back to the world or whatever um to others do you mean to say that it it has also changed your relationship with people yes absolutely i think your relationship with uh so your relationship with your animals if you have changed the way that you relate to animals you will change the way that you relate to people because it's relationships and a relationship that you have with an animal as you know is an intense relationship yeah. because you are their world and vice versa <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so what I pick up on this from this, and that that would because I don't I don't I know from these I've heard of these people through you right and I do not work with dogs right obviously, um, but what I get from this so correct me if I'm wrong what I get from this is that the goal in the interrelationship between the 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 human and the animal is. Like so, so a lot of people train their dogs. Like if you train beyond just having them as sort of like semi-obedient or obedient pets, right? Is to train them for certain things. So that can be to win prizes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
yeah. uh, to do competitions and stuff. What I get from you is that for both of them, the goal is to serve what is for the highest good of both involved in the relationship. So what is best for you and what is best for the dog in that moment. So it has nothing to do with the price or the competition. It is literally only about you are there to serve whatever is for the highest good of both you and the animal. Yes. Yeah. I love because that. The, the competition. So Kathy, with Kathy Kowalik, it's herding. So she, she does herding with her dogs. But with Susan Garrett, it's uh, agility. But the agility and the herding is just a tool in order to deepen that relationship. So it's not the goal, it's the method. They set goals. Uh, definitely with Kathy, it's 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 the it's all about the relationship. It's not about obedience. It's about it's about a connection. No, I love um, that. Yeah, you can. Well, I when me and Luca were herding on last Monday, it was Stuart was like, "You're you're doing it today, you and him." So, was that the first time? No, no, it's not the first time, but it was the longest time we did it, and the connection. Was I mean he tested me a bit at first. <laughs> Luca did. He was a bit like, mm, does she know what she's doing? Sort of, sort of attitude. So wait, this is it's, it's not just for his growth, right? <laughs> yeah, I had to be a bit firm at first, and then, uh, but then there was a moment where the sheep ran, and I saw him sort of panic, and that's when he can lose it a bit, and he doesn't. He's not very helpful then because he'll charge the sheep, and then they go in all directions. And I just said, stand, because that's our cue for stop. And I, I felt him go, oh, she's got this. It's fine. And just relax. It, so was, it was such a weird feeling because the, it was just that connection. It was so powerful. Just to know that's in the world and you can have that with an animal. You can have that with a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like complete alignment between you and the animal. Yeah, just like completely on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah, complete understanding. Love. Hey, Lou, has has this work you've been doing has this in any way affected your creative life? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily mean in terms of your struggling now to make time for writing yeah, yeah because no, of all this I'm, I'm meaning it in a different way no it, it gives me a deeper understanding hmm. yeah a deeper understanding of relationships and the possibilities which obviously you can bring them bring into your writing once you've got that like any experience mm-hmm but but when you're writing relation well relationship maybe not for everyone but relationships um is just key to your characters yeah now they relate to the world yeah definitely yeah yeah awesome what about you um well uh, we, we... <laughs> I, I did. I wasn't actually. This is, I, I didn't think about this beforehand. But as we were talking, that one teacher just showed up. Yeah. But I have some more. Like I have a few examples, mostly from primary school teachers, secondary school teachers. Different. Um, I have a different relationship. Well, there are some. I would say the guidance counselors of my secondary school were really helpful. 
uh, because I think they were the, the only people in my life at that time, uh, except for one of my aunts, two of my aunts, who were very much like focused on what, what do you want to do? Like you have so much power to create whatever you want to create. Why, why don't you just go for it? Um, and I even remember when one of them so I, I used to work at one point in my life I was juggling so I started my editing business I don't think I was coaching people yet at the moment because that happened uh, uh, I think two years into when I had my editing business that sort of unfolded uh, organically from from that but I had I, I was I was doing that at the time I was teaching at the university and I was working at a hardware store the same hardware store I used to work at when I was a teenager and I remember one of these guidance counselors coming in, seeing me standing on a ladder, was like filling some stock. And the disappointment in his face. Because what he saw was that he knew this girl from secondary school, right? Because uh, we we live in the we used to live in the same hometown. Um, that's why it wasn't that particular hardware store. And it was just the dis his initial disappointment. And like, there's nothing wrong with working in a hardware store, of course. But I think it was because he knew me and he knew me when I was like 17 and talking about my dreams for life and, yeah. and what I was going to study. And, and so I think him just seeing me there and not as a teenager anymore, but by this time I was probably oh, 25, 26. Yeah. So... He was, I think he was sort of like, no, like, did she end up here? And again, I say, there's nothing wrong, right? We're working in a hardware store, but that was not the vision he had for me. Yeah. So I, I just started laughing. And, and as soon as I started explaining that actually, like I'm building my own business, um, I am teaching at the university. Um, and so I, I ju I'm just here, right? Because it's flexible enough that I can do all my other things and, you know, uh, make money as I build my own business and sort of his whole body relaxed, right? Um, so that, but it was also interesting for me to run into him again because he did remind me because seeing him sort of shocked and disappointed reminded me of what he sees when he sees me. And that is potential. Yeah. So that was that was nice. It's interesting that that's a moment as well. Do yeah, you, but do you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's not. So it's it's just such a powerful moment that you remembered it. Yes, and I think this is. I think this is why when you think about okay, so who made a difference in my life? It can be just this snippet of a moment. And like you had with your teacher, you don't even remember the details. You just remember that someone once said to you, this is great writing. Yeah. Right? Um, so, but you will remember that. So that means it left a mark on you. And the thing is, of course, both negative and the positive experience says leave a mark on you. Yeah. But if you want to look back at, okay, so who, what did these people um who 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 left a good mark on me and what did that do, do for me? So I think when I think about him is that this particular, and he was an older guy, right? And I remember that before I, I knew him as the guidance counselor, but he is like white, not even middle age. Like he was already nearing retirement age when I was in secondary school. So he's this white guy. He has this beard. He is straight. So I was, I had my, I like, hmm, okay, patriarchy, right, great. I don't really necessarily feel like talking to this particular person about my teenage girl's struggles. Um, already, I was already aware at the time that I was not straight. Um, and I was already very critical about the way the world was functioning, even though I don't think I'd... I, I, I mean, I, this was way before, of course, I started doing uh, gender studies and became like an academic feminist. But I was already in that. That was already an interest of mine, like looking at the power dynamics in the world. And I was just like, I really need to talk to this guy. I don't really don't want to. So it took, it took a few suggestions of other teachers to say, no, <laughs> like you can trust him. Like just talk to this guy. And when I finally did, I'm really glad I did because again, I remember that. 
he made me feel that my dreams were not silly. And that is, I grew up surrounded by people who thought my dreams were silly. Yeah. And he was one of the first people, again, like excluding two of my aunts. Um, But he was like a professional person, right? Telling me that I was not crazy for wanting what I wanted and, and, and stuff like that. So I think when I look at my own work as... Because actually, funnily, I do. I'm not a guidance counselor on, on a, in a school, but I do coach people who struggle with, you know, their purpose in life and and um, what they want to create. I think that's kind of what I want to do as well. Like create this super safe space where people can just be honest about, well, this is what I want, and I'm not going to tell them that they cannot have it. Right? I want to show them that they can have it, and let's see how you can get there. Or if it really is not realistic or they tell me this is what they want and I feel somehow that's not really aligned with them, even though they think this is what they want. Well, let's dig into that a little bit and see why do you want this? And why do you think this would be the best thing for you? And could there be more? Or could there be something slightly different? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm now, and I, I didn't think about this one beforehand, but I, I think back to him now and I'm like, oh, that, I think that was kind of my blueprint for how I want to interact with the people that I help. Yeah. Because um, he really gave me that space, that safe, safe haven of being. I you see, I can't remember an awful lot about my childhood. I don't, just don't remember it. Well, it's been a while, isn't it? <laughs> yes definitely it's been a while uh, but I, I just kind of I, I tend to do that as well it's not trauma or anything it's it's just a case of I've moved I kind of move on and then I don't need that bit so I don't mm-hmm. need to remember it <laughs> but so I think to, I think that just happened like that we don't I think we remember the, the things that stand out yeah. 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 So I have moments, but so it's really hard when you say, who were your role models? It's really hard to think. Yes. Maybe the question should more be like, who did you admire or who made you feel seen or understood or heard? Yeah. Although, again, that's a tricky question because that doesn't necessarily mean that they become your role model. Yeah. And like, I, like I said, like I, I just mentioned two people who I haven't thought about in years that were not actively role models. But now, when I look back at them and how they made me feel, I'm like, oh wait, that's exactly how I'm trying to make other people feel. Yeah. Yeah. So they did sort of gave me that sort of print out like okay this is this is this this feels really great can i now give that to other people um the space yeah yeah david bowie yes was a role model as well at some point why i mean i can completely understand but why for you i i think his the way that he was different and embraced that mm-hmm gave me a level of freedom to be who I wanted to be without worrying about what other people thought. And did that actually help? Yeah. It 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 aligned with my choices, you know, in terms of not having children and doing things that weren't necessarily what society would have expected. Yeah, I, I think I think that's actually, and I think like I think David Bowie is a really good example of because a, a lot of people admire him exactly because he's different. He was different. Yeah. And I think that goes to show. That, I mean, that takes courage, right? Being different in the world, that takes a lot of courage. But it's exactly those people who we then come to admire so much because yeah. it's it's almost like they pave the way for us or they give us permission to be a little offbeat as well. To be who 
you're meant to be or to be who you want to be. Yes, and I think this is why it's so important that we do that in our own lives as well, because there will eventually, and maybe not on the David Bowie scale, right, but we do interact with people, so there will be people who look up to us, and I think it's important to think, so, and again, we talk about self-awareness an awful lot on the, like, I mean, this is definitely becoming a self-aware podcast, so maybe we need a name change. Um, but I think it is very beneficial to sit with, okay, so this is what I admired about this person. This is what I sort of want to, um, you know, this is kind of their behavior or, or their personality or just the way how they acted to people and, and, and in their lives that I would love to sort of, you know, <laughs> sort of incorporate into my own life. Are there any things that you think you, now you're like, okay, so maybe there are these things that I would love to be doing that I'm not actually doing because this is what I want to show to people. And and, and are, there, are there maybe some things that you could be better at is not how I want to phrase it, but I hope you know what I mean. Show more of? I think taking that step back to look to look at it or to think about it then yes <laughs> well share with the class i know well actually writing would be a good one mhm mm yeah actually getting something out there so what is it that you want to model around that? Just getting stuff done. You know. I'm writing this down, by the way. So there's no backing out of it now. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, doggy attention. There. <laughs> so when you say it's getting stuff done you actually mean what you want to model is not just being creative but creative to the extent that you're published in the world yeah yeah okay so why, is that, why is that important to you because otherwise it's evidence because it's evidence of 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 you listening to your inner spark of your existence? It's evidence of following through. Of oh. So that is something you definitely want to model to people. Yeah. That you can follow through on your dreams. It is. Hmm. Anything else? Now I'm taking notes. Absolutely not. <laughs> now you're taking notes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm putting these in the show notes, obviously. Uh, I know. <laughs> so it's there for the world to see. But I know that you're now going to ask me the same question. So I'm sort of, the muscles in my neck and shoulders are already sort of cramping. <laughs> okay, do it. Hit it. Hit me with it. Okay. So... Following our discussion today, what do you want? What do, I'm just writing it down for myself. What do I want to model? Just journaling as we speak. Um, what I would love to model, and I know I'm not there yet, so that, that's why it's so painful to talk about this is what I would want to model is not being afraid of your own inner power. Yeah, I like that. Because I think that we all have tremendous power within ourselves. And I think that if, and the thing is the system that's created around us uh, beats this out of us from a very young age, right? 
on purpose because I think the people in power, the people who are in power, are terrified of the fact that so many people actually have inner power. And I think the good thing about inner power, so the people in power, they have power over us. And I think like on a soul level, what power is actually meant to be is power with. So using your own power to empower other people, to be in power with people. Yeah. yeah. And oh. that is a completely different system. That sort of power doesn't really work well in our current system, which means that the current system that we now live in, which limits us creative people in so many ways, needs to crumble and we need to rebuild something. And I think that if everyone, not even everyone, I don't think we need everyone. I think if enough people were in touch with their own inner power, in this power with, right? Like we use our power to empower others. Yeah. I think we can make so many changes in one generation. But we, I like that. but we have, we, we were taught, I was taught to fear my own power. I think a lot of us were taught to fear our own power. And that is something that I am literally right now working on, um, like with my with my therapist, to stop. Be- and, and I think one of the reasons is, is because one of the reasons why we fear power is because when we think of power, when we look out into the world and we see what power is, we see power over. So this is how we get afraid of power it's the same reason so many of us don't like money or the idea of of acquiring like amassing wealth is because we see so many people who have a lots of money and they misuse it in the most horrendous ways or they do ridiculous things with it i'm thinking elon musk i'm thinking jeff bezos right yeah like they have enough money to save the entire planet right but they are not right that is a choice that they are making mm. um so i think for a lot of a lot of people sort of having money has a sort of bad taste like leaves a bad taste in your mouth because it's like look at what people with money do yeah that is just because the money is in the wrong hands there are actually a lot of wealthy people who do really great things but because they are just really doing great things or not even necessarily great things but good enough things it doesn't really make the news yeah we don't hear yeah and the same with power there's plenty of people who have power who are in a powerful position and who use that power in a really great way but we don't necessarily hear about that because what we see in the news is people misusing their power over others so we don't get to see role models who use their money for good who use their power for good and of course money and power are are incredibly interrelated right um so yeah i think i think that is what i would like to model that not fearing your own inner power and um yes yeah, like really showing up for that and 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 to not be afraid of yourself, I think that is, I think my biggest fear is of myself and what I could do. And I think that is because I'm completely getting distracted here by, do you hear that? Well, yes, I can hear that. Yeah, that is Maggie in a box with a with a, a ping pong ball. That's just lovely. And now Fleur is joining her in the box. This is great. I was... What I'm saying is that what we see in the world is that power and money can corrupt. And I'm not saying that is not true, but I think what we need to learn to trust within ourselves is that you can have power and not be corrupted by it. Especially if you're a small, furry cat. (laughs) (laughs) They have all the power over me, that's for sure. Yeah. All you need is a box and a ping pong ball. (laughs) Yeah, I have multiple boxes in the house, actually. Yeah. Okay. Did that make sense, even with the uh, interruption? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was quite profound, and I like the way the animals brought it back down to. <laughs> Before I lost touch with the earth. <laughs> yes. I've got two dogs here who are like, uh, it's time for breakfast now. So I'm trying to keep them. Yeah, I think that's probably because, I, as, I, as I told you, I, I didn't check on their food before we started recording. And I, I think that's why they're acting up again. Um, yeah. So that is what I would love to model um, in this lifetime. Can we do this one again? Hmm? Can we talk? Can we come back to do this one in a few months? Yes. We can. The thing is that we would need to remember ourselves of that, and we're not that great at that. Yeah. So I will make a note, and if you also make a note, then there's a chance that we we'll actually remember. I wrote down Lucinda wants to come back to this. No, yeah, I, I do think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's wrap it up for now and feed our animals. Yeah. Um. So. You work on modeling, getting things out there, and I'll work on modeling, not being afraid of your own power. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes. Yes, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or visit our website at divingintowriting.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful. Bye for now.